Genesis chapter 40, and we'll skip around in some verses here. We won't read the whole chapter, but you, I'm sure you know the story here about Joseph being in prison and uh, Pharaoh's servants being in there. So we'll read Joseph, sorry, Joseph, Genesis 40, Genesis 41 through 5, then verse 14, then 20 through 23. Genesis 41 through 5, verse 14, then 20 through 23. Say this. Genesis 40 says, beginning verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard, into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. Now verse 14, of course, uh, they tell uh, Joseph the dream. Verse uh, 14 says, But think on me, Joseph says, but think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Now verse 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Verse 23, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I'm so glad, dear God, that we have the privilege to pray uh, for one another. Lord, and we can bring uh, people's needs before you, whether spiritual, physical, uh, financial, Lord, whatever the case might be. So, Lord, we do pray again for the needs that have been mentioned. Lord, we thank a sister Carpenter uh, tonight. Touch her. Lord, we thank a sister Barnett. Lord, we thank of uh, uh, the McCain's daughter-in-law. We thank of uh, Kay, we think of Sister uh, Muxlow, uh, dear God, and uh, others, uh, Lord, with great need. Lord, please touch them. Lord, as we continue to uh, uh, look at these portions of Scripture, Lord, let us be challenged. Let us be encouraged. And Lord, as we see how you watched over others, as we see how you worked in and through and for the lives of others, uh, uh, remind us, dear God, that you want to do the same for us and are doing the same for us. <laughs> Lord, we can find encouragement, uh, Lord, uh, through the Word of God. And so, Lord, help us tonight, dear God, uh, dear Lord, uh, to be thankful. Lord, as Brother Ari mentioned, dear God, when we see people, help us never to look down upon people, but dear God, to look and say, uh, Lord, but for God's grace, uh, dear God, I wouldn't have these blessings upon my life. And Lord, help us to uh, love one another and love others. So again, help us through the Word of God that you'd get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, of course, uh, last time when we looked at the life of Joseph, right, uh, uh, Joseph gave us a great, some great examples there. And we saw how God watched over Joseph as he went through the different things in his life. And we mentioned this, how God watched over him in his hour of loneliness, loneliness and we've all had that, in his hour of uncertainty, 
in his hour of temptation, in his hour of great disappointment. And so that just shows that, hey, the, uh, thousands of years ago, people faced the same things that we're still facing today. Life hasn't, uh, life hasn't uh, changed. Maybe some other things have changed, but uh, we still have times of loneliness and uncertainty and temptation and disappointment. And so we see that, hey, God wants to be with us in each of those hours and sustain us and carry us through. So now we see Joseph, of course, was put in prison. And of course, an interesting thing happened with the two servants of Pharaoh. But we see in this chapter, of course, another discouraging time in Joseph's life. Of course, he interpreted the dreams. And then he so kindly asked them again in verse 14, Hey, but think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Now notice, of course, this, this, you want to understand this, Joseph asked this, and he was hoping that would happen like right away, right? He was wanting to happen right away. So remember that. He was hoping that's something that would happen right away. But yet, of course, uh, when it was Pharaoh's birthday and these two were uh, uh, lifted up, right, uh, that uh, the one, uh, the butler, he got his position back. Then, of course, the baker, he was beheaded. But it says again in verse 13, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph but forget him. And so uh, Joseph has another, uh, we might say, discouraging moment. And of course, remember, he is in prison originally for being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Of course, in that situation, he lost his garment and he lost his job. Uh, but thank God he kept his character. Amen. So remember that, young people. Things might happen and, you know, uh, people speak against you. People do things. You might lose a job. You might lose something else. But hey, as long as you keep your character in that situation, circumstance, then you're still ahead. Uh, you're still ahead of the ball game. So everything seemed to be going wrong. Notice I use that word seemed to be going wrong in Joseph's life. Everything seemed to be going wrong in his life. But Amen. When it seemed like everything was going wrong, Joseph continued to go right. Amen. <laughs> Joseph, so when everything seems to be going wrong, you can still go right. Of course, which brings us to the events of chapter 41. And notice how verse 41 starts. Of course, it says at the end of verse 40 that the butler forget him. And there in verse 41, it says, and it came to pass, and it says, at the end of two full years... So here, uh, uh, Joseph was ha uh, hoping, as he mentioned there, we saw in that verse 14, that he'd get mentioned, he'd get help right away. But now here we are two years later. It says that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And so let's uh, 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 read some verses. We won't read all these verses, but jump down to verse 14. Says this, then Pharaoh sent, we know he had a dream and he tells his magicians what they were and they didn't know what to do. And so thankfully the butler remembers uh, uh, him again. And so they called Joseph out of prison. Verse 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there's none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. But verse 16, notice what Joseph says. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. 
God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. See here, he's still holding his integrity and he's still uh, honoring God with what he says, even after all he's been through. Then drop down to chapter 25, uh, Pharaoh explains his dream. In verse 25, it says, And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. Remember, yeah, there were two parts to the dream. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. And the seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine falling, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Verse 33, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. <laughs> That's pretty smart for Joseph to say this. Man, now what you need to do, hey man, you just need to find a good man to help you out here. Well, the Lord gave him that wisdom, didn't he? <laughs> Drop down to verse 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servant, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. That's pretty good. He said, Hey, you need to find a discreet, wise man. He said, Well, man, who's wiser and more discreet than you? Verse 40, Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Look at that. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. There it is. Amen. Bow the knee. Like a good song we heard this morning. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. So boy, they cried, bow the knee. Boy, it's just isn't it amazing what a wonderful picture and type Joseph is of the Lord so we see all these wonderful things. And so what we see here is, you know, Joseph's got all these things and he's focused on what's going on in prison, but God is still working. So, you know, we often have an easier time believing that God can work in us than believing he can work in the lives for those with whom we are concerned. We need to realize that God is always working on both ends of a situation. While Joseph was in prison, his God was working on his behalf in the palace of Pharaoh. Of course, he couldn't understand that, but God was working on his behalf. So the Bible says two full years went by. Then finally, at God's timing, that's the key to remember, at God's timing, amen, he gave Pharaoh that dream, even though that time had passed. And uh, uh, Joseph was in, in prison, of course, falsely accused. So no doubt God worked in Joseph's heart during this time of loneliness. God was continuing to work and building this young man into the man of God he would have him to be. Now, remember, uh, he was 30 when this happened, 
right, when Pharaoh lifted him up, and he was 17 when he got sold by his brother. Now think about it, 13 years had passed, just one continuous thing after another had happened in his life. But uh, he had to trust God and find comfort in him. But we could see that God was, it's easy for us to see that because we got the book written, right? But hey, he, did, he didn't know that. He had to live out all those 13 years. But the Lord is at work in the lives of his people. So we need to remember this at all times. At all times, right, we know God is working in you, right? We know that, and we can, we can have confidence in that because that's something we deal with on a daily basis. We can see God working in us daily. We can see God working in us at all times. But we also need to remember not only is he working in us at all times, he's working for us at all times, even though we can't see it. We probably don't see that part, but God is working for us at all times, right? And he brings everything together. I mean, he's working over here. He's working over here and he has you hidden this way and he has what he's got going for you this way. And he knows the time that those things too need to cross, amen, and bring it together. And we see that, uh, we see that in Joseph's life uh, right here. We see that. And so God, we see that he continues to honor God. We must realize and understand that as God is working in us at all times and God is working for us at all times. And even though we may not understand what uh, is going on at all times, amen, God does care and that he deserves to be honored at all times. So we see this, that God deserves to be honored. Let me give you a verse. First Samuel 2 verse 30 says this, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me will I honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Notice that statement in this verse in 1 Samuel 2.30. Them that honor me, I will honor. Now we sing that song, he is able, amen. But thank God, not only is he able, but he will and that God delights to do things. And so honor me, and I, I will honor. And so it doesn't matter what happens. You just continue to go right. When, like, like Joseph, when everything seems to be going wrong, you continue to go right, and you continue to honor God and know that, amen, he's going to work everything out. So even when Joseph was in prison, he was true to the Lord, and he honored his God in everything that he did. Everything, again, seemed to have gone wrong, but Joseph realized, amen, that God was good and merciful and he deserved to be honored. So when we think about God and all that he is, we know that he deserves to be honored. He's worthy of praise and honor and glory. And remember that he is eternal. He is almighty. He is omniscient and he's omnipresent. That's a good thing to remember. Amen. <laughs> when we Listen, uh, we may not know what's going on over there. But God knows what's going on over there. Hey, uh, uh, Joseph could only know what was going on uh, uh, in the prison there. Probably heard a little gossip now and then what was going on in the house. But God knew exactly what was going on in Pharaoh's house because he's omnipresent. So remember, he's not only here with us, but he's also there where he's working on our behalf. He's everywhere at the same time. And so uh, this is true. And so God can work here and God can work there. Here's the great thing about uh, uh, God. He can multitask on our behalf. Amen. God can multitask on our behalf. He can work here and there at the same time. 
So if we will honor God, the Bible shows he will honor us. And our confidence, of course, must not be in ourselves, but, amen, in the secret places of our lives, amen, that we've chosen to honor God, amen, he will keep his word to us, amen, and we can trust him with the final outcome in every situation. So we need to know that God, uh, if we honor him, that uh, he'll honor us, and we need to know that, amen, God speaks to men. He speaks to us. And, of course, he can even speak in the hearts of the lost to work on our behalf, like we see with Pharaoh. Let me give you some words. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through the, the, 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 say this. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Right? The Old Testament. But thank God in these last days has spoken unto us by his Son. See, God has always wanted to talk uh, uh, to man, all right? Again, remember when, uh, I, 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 again, I emphasize in Genesis, when uh, Adam and them messed up, it says, again, the voice of the Lord came down. It doesn't just say the Lord came down the cool day. The voice of the Lord. He delights to speak to his people. It says, verse 2 of Hebrews 1, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. The word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So he speaks to us through his son these days. God spoke through the prophets then, right? And the Lord still speaks today. Now, a lot of times, you know, we look and say, well, I know there's some things that God doesn't do today. Well, you know, we get over there in Corinthians and say, well, he doesn't do this. But, you know, we sort of wiped out, we sort of wiped out everything that God used to do. Hey, God is still in the big things business. God is still in the miracle uh, business. God still do, wants to do wonderful things in and through our life. Don't, don't uh, look at that and say, oh, that was then. Oh, no, God is still doing great and uh, mighty, mighty things. And uh, so uh, don't don't think that, you know, uh, we're, we're in, the, uh, in the area of, you know, God just sort of has taken, uh, uh, you know, the last uh, uh, this, our, you know, our generation off. God still wants to do big things. You know, uh, I, I look back and see all the things that I, I've seen him do uh, uh, throughout uh, our life. Don't listen. Just because God isn't maybe doing in America, he's still doing big things. So the Word of God teaches this truth. Uh, let me give you some other verses in Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, uh, verses 18 through 23 say this. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. Well, that's an important statement we can just read over. Think about what that is. It says he created it, but he created it to be inhabited. Boy, we, we need to let NASA know that, right? Because they're out there trying to find life on all these other places. Well, no, he didn't create those to be inhabited. He created this one special. He created this one to be inhabited because this is where he wanted to work. He created this one to be inhabited. He said, I am the Lord and there's none else. I have not spoken in secret. Look at this. God didn't speak in secret. God wants his word to be known. God wants what he has said to be known. He didn't speak in secret in a dark place of the earth. He said, I, 
I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Amen. Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Verse 21, Isaiah 45, Tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared this from ancient time, who hath told it from that time, have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me. As God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Well, that's the verse I think Spurgeon got saved by hearing. That verse right there. But listen, look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. You see, uh, we're thinking about Joseph here. This is where Joseph is a type of Christ, right? Because uh, 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 Egypt was the only one that had food during that great famine. So what happened? Everybody had to look to Joseph to be saved. Everybody had to look to Joseph to be saved. What a wonderful picture that is. He says, look into me, all ye ends of the earth, and be ye saved. Boy, that's a beautiful picture when you think of Joseph, that that was what God was showing his grace through Joseph, that everybody had to come to Joseph to get the bread, amen? Everybody needs, now God speaks through his son. Everybody has to come to Jesus, amen, uh, to get the bread of life. And he says this in verse 23, I have sworn by myself, and the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall uh, swear. Boy, what happened when uh, God raised up Joseph's head? What happened? Every knee had to bow to Joseph. Every tongue had to confess, amen, uh, that he was in charge. And one day that is going to happen to our beloved Savior, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as well. We have a true and living God that wants wants to speak, amen, that wants to speak to us. Now, of course, God speaks in many ways. We know one, of course, we know he speaks through his word. God speaks to us today through his word, the Bible, the eternal word of God. Many times, amen, uh, uh, when, we, when we've gotten in a low hour, amen, thank God we have the word of God to turn to, amen, and to help pull us up. Uh, through through the word of God. So we know God speaks uh, through his word. But then we know God speaks through his spirit. God speaks to us by his spirit. The spirit of God indwells every believer. Wait, how many times uh, 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 have we had to, uh, 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 to just cast everything upon God and the spirit of God was there to guide us and direct us, amen, in the way that we should go. Have you sensed in your heart the Lord leading in a certain direction? Boy, isn't it a blessing? Amen. When you just sort of feel the prompting of, your, uh, of the Spirit of God in your heart to do something and know that the Spirit is alive and on the move uh, uh, in your heart. But the Spirit of God is there to speak to you and to guide you uh, uh, in the Word of God. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says this, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. Amen. That's how clear God wants to speak to you. Lord, I'm in a situation, which, which way should I go? The Lord, amen, he will give a clear direction if you'll be sensitive to him and lean on him. And then God, of course, speaks to other Christians. We talked about that the other night, about the importance of getting good counsel. God speaks uh, through the people he brings uh, in, into, your, into your life. 
God speaks through other Christians. God has uh, uh, spoken uh, to me many times through other people. And uh, I think in God's grace, maybe he's worked through my life to help other people uh, uh, along the way. This word, Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. And boy, that's why you need to you ask God to speak to you. But you also need to say, God, uh, help me uh, to be in tune when you want me to speak a word to somebody else. Amen. Uh, That I can give that wise counsel as we talked about uh, the other day. But here, as we look at Joseph's life, we need to understand something else. Not only that God speaks through his word, not only that God speaks through his spirit, not only that God speaks, amen, through those he brings into our life, but God speaks through circumstances. Right now, we don't want to uh, be completely guided by circumstances, but we need to know that God works through circumstances. Well, you you study Paul's life. And you see, you know, remember, Paul wanted to go to Asia, but it says the spirit of God bade them to go into Asia. And so you can sort of see, how you know, Paul's out here trying to seek, you know, he just wants to go somewhere and preach the gospel. But if you notice, you know, he sort of has all this area up here that he wants to go to. But then God sort of, as he works through his life, funnels him down and makes the, makes the way more narrow. And then suddenly he has that dream and God gets him right where he wants him uh, to be. Right. And he used circumstances to do that. He used his spirit to do that. He used others uh, uh, to do that. You see that throughout Paul's uh, life. So God speaks through circumstances. And so when when something uh, uh, tragic happens in your life or something uh, difficult seems to happen in your life or a door seems to close that you would hope would uh, would would have opened. Hey, uh, don't immediately get upset. I know it can be frustrating at times. But say, okay, Lord, I'm going to wait upon you. How are you going to use this circumstances to show me exactly what your will is, exactly what your direction is uh, in my life? And I think uh, Joseph, amen, he stayed sensitive uh, to that. And so, though I'm sure it wasn't easy, amen, he was human, and it's not always easy for us. We are human, and God understands that. He knows that we're, we're dust, right, sister? Amen? Sister Pam's doing a study on dust. He knows our frame, right? He knows that, that we're but dust, but we can trust him. And so be sensitive to his word, be sensitive to his spirit, be sensitive to what others uh, might say to you, and be sensitive to the circumstances. So uh, God used this dream of Pharaoh's and through a dream, God stirred Pharaoh and also prodded the memory of the butler. And God spoke to those men and dealt with them. So Joseph was called up out of prison and before Pharaoh's court. And, you know, uh, 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 thank God that uh, uh, God was working there. You know, it's a wonderful thing that we can be praying about something. And, you know, I think about when we pray for our missionaries right? Joseph was praying. He said, well, uh, Lord, that butler didn't uh, uh, talk to Pharaoh. He probably said, Lord, will you talk to Pharaoh? Amen. And so uh, uh, the, the butler didn't get it done, but probably Joseph's prayers got it done. He said, Lord, somehow can you make the connection with Pharaoh? Well, I think about uh, being able to pray here and watch God work there. I think about that again when we pray for our missionaries, amen, that we, not all of us can jump on a plane and go on a mission trip, even though that would be fun, but we can still 
amen, visit our missionaries through our prayers and have an impact on what is going, what is going on there. He works on others as we pray. You know, millions have come to the Lord because someone on this end prayed and God worked on the other end uh, to bring them to Christ. And so God works this out and he works through these circumstances and then God finally brings Joseph up, right? And God does what is right and he does it always at the right time. God always does what is right and God always does, does it at the right time. And we see this in Joseph's life. When we see in the lives of Joseph what God does, what is right at the right time. When Pharaoh had a burden and his heart was troubled, then God worked on the memory of the butler to tell about Joseph. God brought Joseph forth at just the right time and made him ruler over all of Egypt. You know, we spend much time of our lives trying to get things from God, you know, before we're ready to receive it. Now think about this. If that prayer would have been answered when Joseph wanted it answered, if it had been answered at Joseph's, at Joseph's time, think about if God would have answered that two years earlier, if God would have answered Joseph's prayer at Joseph's timing, Oh, maybe because he knew the butler, maybe he would have got some type of uh, position or maybe he uh, uh, might even uh, uh, got sent back to his father. But you know what? He wouldn't have been in the position that God wanted to give him, right, to save his family and to save his nation. Sure, it was harder. Sure, it took longer. Amen. But the reward was much more wonderful because the prayer was answered not at Joseph's timing, but at God's timing. I know sometimes we, we, we uh, wish God would do things a little bit quicker, but I have no doubt if you would ask Joseph, well, I know you had to stand, uh, uh, spend two more years down there, but was the end result worth it? Hey, listen, I guarantee you, if we'll wait on the Lord, the end result will be worth it. Amen. If we'll wait on his timing. We spend much of our lives trying to get things from God before we're even ready to receive them. You know, we want to see God do something, but he has to prepare us. He has to prepare us to uh, receive that blessing. He has to prepare us to receive maybe uh, that, that, that ministry or wherever it is that God wants to bring into our lives. We have to be, uh, uh, we have to be ready for it. You know, it, it, it talks about even, you know, just like a man, as soon as he's called to preach, you don't throw him right into a church. Even the Bible says that, not a novice thus being uh, lifted up with pride. Well, God's called him into something, but then God has to prepare uh, that person uh, for that particular for that particular thing. So thank God, what, think about what God can do when he is ready to do it. And so this, this is a wonderful picture and thought, as I said at the time, what? God's will, God's way, at God's timing. It always, it always, it always lines up. God's will, God's way, at God's timing. God prepares us while he is preparing the blessing. He was over here preparing a blessing for Joseph, but at the same time, he had to prepare uh, uh, Joseph uh, to receive that blessing. Uh, he, wasn't, he wouldn't have been ready for it, perhaps, 
at that time, right? And so it had to be a time where Joseph had the dream and God could bring everything together because even two years earlier, he would have been off somewhere else. And then when the famine hit, right, if he'd have been sent off to somewhere else or maybe not to his parents somewhere else, right, he would have missed his brothers when they came there. You see, all those things, God had to line them up. And so he looks back and he sees the big picture and he knows how to line all those things out so they work to the best of our benefit in our life, just like they did Joseph. So as we look at this thought, we need to understand again that God, amen, not only is he always working in us, he's always working for us. He's always working both ends. We see another example of this later, amen, when uh, God sends those wagons, we'll look at later, uh, uh, for Jacob and family. So again, understand God works on both ends, working not only in our lives, but also in the lives of others to make that proper connection at the proper time. And see that God has promised to honor those who honor him. Hey, uh, young people, you get passed over that promotion or something happens and you lose that job, you just keep honoring God, amen? You might lose the other things, but don't lose your character, continue to do right. Know that when we honor God in the secret places of our lives, we can trust him to keep his promises and take care of us and understand that God, again, is at work in people's lives. Amen. And he speaks to us today. Trust God to do what is right in his perfect timing. And again, boy, it's easy for us to read this about Joseph. But what a what a beautiful picture this is as we see God continually continue working through Joseph in his loneliness and his uncertainty. Amen. In his discouragement and all those things. And then even when he when he's praying, it looks like, oh, man, here's a good opportunity. I mean, this guy sees Pharaoh every day and man, I, he, he can make that connection for me. But man, he was he was looking for a man to make that connection when God, amen, wanted to make that connection uh, at his at his timing. So just more wonderful examples, amen, in Joseph's life of God's faithfulness. And so let's look at those examples of faithfulness and say, amen, he loves me just as much as he loved Joseph and he wants to bless me just as much. And no matter how things appear in my life, I can know that God is working on my behalf and he'll bring it all together at his timing. Let's pray.